You're listening to Potter Nonsense, a podcast with me and Ray. Welcome to Potter Nonsense. I'm Fee. And I'm Ray. Um, and today our um, uh, topic is wizarding schools. Yes. Wizarding schools around the world. Hmm. Um, I think that we should probably begin the this whole thing with establishing how many wizards compared to humans do we think, well, not humans, muggles there are in the world. Because um, at one point J.K. Rowling said 10% of the population is wizards, which is a lot. It's a, it's a whole yes. lot. <laughs> um, and yeah, then, that's and a then, lot. Like that's a lot, a lot. And then she said, but I'm bad at maths. So um, that's, I'm also bad at math. But even I know that that's um, several million people, yeah, <laughs> several hundred million. World, 10% of the world's population yeah. is uh, like ridiculous. Even 0. .001 is a lot. Is that is that typing sound that I'm hearing? Um, you yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll stop typing. I no, I'm not using the calculator. I am. Uh, I'm not using the calculator. I'm googling what 10 percent of the world's population is, or what the world's population is. The world's population is is it's getting close to eight billion, isn't it? Yes, yeah. It's it's like at just under eight billion. So like that. Is ten percent of that is a fucking huge number. So there could not possibly be that many, especially with um, the um, smattering of schools that exist, which is our topic of, of the day. <laughs> yeah. So according to good old J.K., um, there are eleven schools, and she has only mentioned she's only named like seven of them, mm. eight of them. She's mentioned eight of them. And I think um, a lot of those are post books as well. But, yes, um, yeah, these are all things that she's popped on the Pottermore website. For the sake of this discussion, we will use the Pottermore content because, like, you know, it does inform the world that J.K. Rowling is building as opposed to the world that probably would exist. <laughs> yes. I mean, look, she's got a good smattering of schools. She's got Scotland, France, Central Brazil, Northern Europe, East North America, uh, Japan, Uganda, and Russia. There's nothing really in our hemisphere in Australia. Mm. There's nothing in Australia. Which I can't um, wait to talk about our, our ideas for what wizard school in Australia would be like. That's going to be fun. <laughs> Mate, it is just, if anybody has seen uh, Chris Lilly do his Jamae, that is our Hermione. <laughs> like, I, I don't like Chris Lilly. Nor at do the I. Best he is a times. terrible human being. However, if you ever went to school in Australia, you know a Jamae. You know a girl like that. You've been to school with a girl like that. And if you don't know a girl like that, you were probably that girl. So, in the grand scheme of things, if you really want to see what a day in the life of an Aussie school student is, just watch Jamae. From Chris Lilly, and that is our Hermione. Don't watch Summer Heights High, I would though, die on that hill. because um, it's like a third of the humor in that is the fact that this guy is in brown face. Oh, yeah. Ugh, gross. Yeah. He's awful. Yeah, he's awful. He's real bad. Although I did, 
I did have a drama teacher that was exactly like Mr. G. So, I mean, I never, I never had a Mr. I never had a Mr. G. I did have a five foot nothing um, ball of energy whose fiftieth birthday I attended. <laughs> Very nice. I and, like and like that. she, I like she that. had um, like people come in to teach us choreographed dances at her fiftieth birthday. <laughs> I like that. That is the like that is the definition of eccentric drama teacher. Yes. Anyway, um, so for the sake of um, let's not put a number on how many really how many witches and wizards there are in the world, because like we aren't good at numbers either. We're just slightly better than um, J.K. Rowling has established herself to be. Yes. Yes. But like definitely not those kinds of numbers, but you know, we're still looking at, you know, maybe whatever point zero 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 one is, because that's like a reasonable number for them to not be detected, basically. Yes. Yes. Um, because like when you look at how many kids are in Harry's grade, mm. there's not many. Yes. There's Hogwarts isn't a big school. People like I like reading fan fiction, and there's all these kids, and Hogwarts is this big rolling castle with these lots and lots of kids. No, it's not. Hogwarts is meant to have a capacity of one thousand students. That much is mm. what it's mm-hmm. meant to be. Um, Harry's year seems to be smaller than that. It isn't as small as a lot of people seem to get the impression because there's um, a lot of people go into thinking that the only boys in Gryffindor in Harry's year are the ones in his dorm. Yeah, no, there are others. Yes, there are references to at least other Gryffindor boys that are in Harry's year. Um, Yeah. Like even if you just go to the movies, there's that um, cryptic kid. Um, I think his name was Bim Um, and he's he's the one that seems to get get – the screen time that Dean Thomas deserved. Um, oh, Dean Thomas. <laughs> Gotta love Dean like Thomas. He, I, I, there was a stage where I thought that they had just recast him for that movie, but then I noticed, like, in the background there was Alfie. Um, Alfie Alfred, something, yeah. Alfie, I can't remember Alfred his name. Enoch is his name. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, or Enoch. It's probably Enoch, I think. But anyway. Um, but, yeah, the guy who's, like, serious Black. It's like trying to catch smoke trying to catch smoke in your bare hands. It's like, wow, dude, okay. <laughs> You're intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a bit of a dramatic scene, but I feel like Sirius would love something like that. Yeah, he would. Like, like um, I, I hope that um, before he died, Sirius got to fist bump that kid. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. But, and, like, okay, so if you think if there's a capacity of a 1,000 students, divide that over, what, seven years, that's – uh, like roughly 143 students per grade. Yeah, and then divide by four One, again. Yeah, 143 divided by four is like there's like 35, 36 kids per house. All right. Which is which would like if Hogwarts that, was at capacity, they'd have to they would they wouldn't be doubling up. Um, houses for classes no no because 35 kids is a standard class well that's a, stra- a standard australian class is that's about like, 32 that's to like 35 a children. poorly funded school class like they, they yes. ideally would have fewer students but like 
you might end up with in a class with that many kids. Yeah. I mean, if you were in a composite class, you could understand like if you were in like a, I went to a school where that we were really small, but we did have a composite class and we were in like a five, six composite class. Yeah. I had a school like that too. Yeah, and we had about 35 kids in the 5-6 composite mm. class. I think we um, never had more than 30, but um, – and it was interesting. They just – I think they just liked having composite classes because, like, there would be two year one, two classes, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, composite classes do – just to tangent off here, composite classes do assist kids that are either slightly on the more smart spectrum or slightly on the more – not smart spectrum. Yeah, I can imagine that. Um, because it gives the teacher a, a in it, it gives the teacher a scale more than it gives them a rigid set of this is what this kid should be learning. Mm. I got kept back a year because my birthday's at the end of the year and all the Queensland schools have their age cut off in like July and that only came in when I was like in grade five. So I got I had to do grade five again, which is why I did the five six composite class. Um, so the stuff that I was advanced in which is like English literature, things like that, I was able to go ahead, but math, science, I was a little bit behind. So my teacher was able to go, right, well, you can sit in with the grade sixes when we do this, but sit in with the grade fives when you do that. So, but Hogwarts doesn't have anything like that. Hogwarts doesn't need anything like that. I mean, what it's got is, say, you know, Gryffindor, Slytherin, potions class. That's the composite class that that they've got going on. Yeah, which is really the same grade level, same age level. Just wildly different personalities. <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, to be yeah. honest, Gryffindor and Slytherin are very similar. It's just, you know, the motivations change slightly. Yeah, it's two ends of the same string, but how they go about getting to their end result is a little bit different. Honestly, the most harmonious class would probably actually be a Slytherin and Hufflepuff composite class. Yes. Yes. Yes, it would, mm. which leaves Ravenclaw with Gryffindor and the Ravenclaws would just be getting frustrated all the time about how slack Gryffindors are with everything. Oh, yeah. If if um, we're looking at like a group project where there's one kid from every house, like Gryffindor is going to be the house that um, is like just doesn't do any work. Absolutely. Gryffindor's <laughs> that kid that rocks up on the day of the presentation and goes, um, I'm just going to wing it, okay? Yep, yep, definitely. And I say this as a Gryffindor myself, but I have you're, never been you're like a, that. You're a Ravenclaw-leaning Gryffindor, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So, no, I, yeah, uh, the idea of Hogwarts is great, the actual execution of Hogwarts, probably not mm. something that could happen. But yeah. So can we just assume that Hogwarts capacity as it is in Harry's years at Hogwarts is affected by the first Wizarding War? Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of a lot of people died, a lot of people might have might have been, you know, nervous to have kids around that point in time. So Unless unless you're the Weasleys, then they just went for it. But like, yeah, they just there was two different types of uh, having families at that point in time. One was quick reproduce before we don't get a chance ever again, and the other was let's not bring a kid into a war. Yeah, so it might be that there's a much there there was a baby boom like after the war ended. 
for example. There's usually a baby boom. Throughout history, there's baby booms after significant wars. Yeah, yeah. We can we can reasonably expect that, like, the kids that came after Harry, Ron, and Hermione, like, there were a lot more of them. Yeah, but then there's also the fact that it does appear that families can choose where they want their kids to go. Yes. I believe in one of the books, uh, Malfoy Draco about being, going um, to Durmstrang. Yes, yes, he does. And the thing that's um, one of the things that does come up there is that Durmstrang only accepts pure bloods. Yes, it does. Hold the phone. I just opened the Durmstrang Institute's thing on the Pottermore website. Yeah. Did you actually know it was pronounced Durmstrang? Um, I believe I did, but um, we go we go with um, the Michael Gambon pronunciation in this house. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Um, and I think I would go with the pronunciation of D-U-R-M is derm. Uh, that could just be an English-speaking thing. I'm sure because it's like an Eastern European thing, dorm, mm. dorm strength makes more sense. I, I did mean, not know that. There we go. Learn Bo- something new. Beaubatons, um, if you're speaking in French, would be more like Beaubaton. Beaubaton, Yeah. yeah. Um, um, which which is, is very pretty. Yes, yes, it is. I also just really enjoy that um, it's it's beautiful staffs rather than um, beautiful wands, which is like what it's meant to be. But if it was if it was um, beautiful wands, it would be beau baguettes <laughs> because baguette is French for wand. Cool, cool story, guys. <laughs> I knew exactly I knew exactly where you were going with that and I didn't stop you. <laughs> I mean there's also just the fact that um in the French um translations of the books um Hufflepuff is pouf souffle. Pouf souffle. Pouf souffle. <laughs> pouf souffle is my favorite pronunciation of I, Hufflepuff. I can't remember what Gryffindor and um Ravenclaw were, but um Slytherin was serpentard. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ravenclaw in French is Sir Duckley. Yeah, there's nothing funny uh, about that. <laughs> no, and oops, Gryffindor in French is the same. It's Griffondo. Okay, yeah. It's it's basically it's basically the same. Um, yeah, Griffondo mm. and Sevecli. So if um, people are remembering the movies better than the books at this point, um, we should probably add in the reminder that um, Durmstrang is not an all-boys school and Bobatons is not an all-girls school. No. No, no it's, it's not at all. It, they're both co-ed schools. I don't think that there's any um, single-sex um, educators um, that have been established. No, uh, there's currently no wizarding schools that are just single-sex educated schools. Mm. It's nice and all in the movies for Beaubatons to be this beautiful French feminine school and Durmstrung to be this, like, tough male-dominated, we have sticks and we're going to bang them really hard um, type atmosphere. But, no, in the books there are definitely male Beaubaton students and definitely female Durmstrang students. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which I kind of liked. I would probably – I look, in all honesty, I'd probably die if I actually did go to Durmstrangs 
purely because it's in Eastern Europe. You can't handle cold. <laughs> I can't handle cold at all. Mm. Like it's winter right now and my back and neck have both fucked themselves over because they just don't handle the cold. I also have an autoimmune disorder that uh, makes me way more susceptible to the cold than anything else. So mm. I would probably keep my feet firmly on the ground in Australia where it's nice and hot except for right now and derm strength would kill me but otherwise I really really enjoy the aesthetic of derm strung mm. just as like the book describes it like the blood red coats and the furs and the like staves that they use which is really cool yeah yeah that was very very good um I think that um because Victor Crumb is Bulgarian, there's a level on which people think that uh, Durmstrang is in Bulgaria. It is not. Um, Bulgaria is actually quite it's a hot not. place. <laughs> yeah, it's not in Bulgaria. It's it's slated to be Northern Europe. So you think Northern Europe, you're probably looking more along the lines of your Russia. Uh, it's It's meant to be Scandinavia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there is a Russian school. Which is the Russian school? Uh, the Russian school. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Cold, uh, Cold of Storitz. Ooh, how do you? Yeah, that's the one. There mm. is a Russian school there. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, okay. So it'll probably be like in the Alps, probably. Um, it, on the Harry Potter Wikia, which is always a good resource, um, it suggests the northernmost reaches of either North- Norway or Sweden. Ooh, okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So as far as Europe goes, there is the Russian school, which it, which apparently is only for Russians, which fair. Um, there's a lot of Russia. <laughs> there's a lot of people and also Russia is fairly insular. Germstrung um, only caters to purebloods. Mm. So the majority of Europe as far as, like, the information that we have must go to Bobaton unless they go to Hogwarts. I mean, they could also travel around the world as well. Mm. But, yeah, they most likely go to Bobaton, which is in Bobaton's Academy of Magic, which is in France. Mm. Um, in the Pyrenees. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, the Pyrenees Mountains. The range of um, countries that they have here, as the suggested thing, is um, France, Spain, Portugal, the Netherlands, Luxembourg, and Belgium is the yeah. primary countries that attend there, which yes. does leave yeah. a fair bit out. Like, And you know that Italy has its own school. Italy <laughs> would have to have its own school. Italy would be all about that because like, yes, Italy's like, they, no, fuck everyone else. <laughs> yeah, and I I have always been under the firm belief that there is not just one school in the entirety of the UK because oh yeah, quite honestly, if anyone knows anything about the UK, it's that the English don't like Scotland and Scotland don't like the English. Oh, yeah. But while they might have a lot of English students in Hogwarts, I would – Take a, I would hazard a guess to say that there is another school. There's probably a school in, somewhere in Ireland and there's probably mm. a school somewhere in the south of England. Yes. Um, my favourite idea for a English school 
is um, you know how you can walk around London and suddenly be in Roman ruins? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, a secret doorway <gasps> in one of the Roman ruins that takes you to um, a wizard school. Yes, I love that. Like kind of like yes. Diagon Alley. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you, you find the way in and it's just, you know, it's secretly there like – alongside the same plane of existence as the rest of the world. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. Because, like, there's just so many, like, and, you know, Stonehenge could be the entrance to a school. Oh, Stonehenge has to be the entrance to a school. It just has to mm. be. Maybe it's higher education. Yes, which is a, we will at some point, I think we'll need to save for a separate episode, the um, discussion of both higher and primary education. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I'm just having, just to derail this slightly, I'm just having a quick glance at the Mahotokoro Japanese school. Uh huh. It is, is very smallest? interesting. Pardon? <laughs> um, I do, the main thing I know about that one is that it's the smallest. And like, I've just made a couple of notes here, and like in capital le- letters, I have just the word Asia. Yes. <laughs> Yes, um, it is this. It is the smallest school, um, and it's the only one in Asia. Where the fuck is China going? Where the fuck is India going? Oh come on! China <laughs> would have their own school. Yes, China absolutely has, its and own nobody school. would know about it. China yeah, would have their yeah. own school, and nobody would know about it. Korea would have their own school, and nobody would know about it. Well, not North Korea specifically, yes. Yeah, but like, also South Korea would have its own school because, like, the thing is that most of Asia hates each other. It, it's true. It's true. They have a long <laughs> history of not getting along. Um, that, that, that was the um, metaphor that was being used in um, Attack on Titan. Um, Japan needs to fight all of the other countries in the world because they're big and scary and um, we're, we're the only people with any kind of sense and reason. Yes. 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 I really like that the students are presented with enchanted robes when they arrive, which grow in size as they do and which gradually change colour as the learning of their wearer increases. It begins as a faint pink colour. That's very cute. It is. It begins as a faint faint pink colour, so probably cherry blossom, and becoming, if top grades are achieved in every magical subject, gold. If the robes turn white, it is an indication that the student has betrayed the Japanese wizard's code and adopted illegal practices, which is dark magic, or broken the international statue of secrecy. To turn white is a terrible disgrace, which results in an instant expulsion from the school and a trial at the Japanese ministry. That is terrifying, but also kind of cool. I mean, the main thing that it makes me think of is the fact that, like, Sirius Black would never have been falsely imprisoned in Japan. No, God no, <laughs> not at all. That would not have happened. Um, Hagrid would never have um, gone to Azkaban without any kind of trial. Yes, no, he wouldn't have. Yeah. I, I never. This is going to be another podcast. I swear to God. But Sirius Black going to Azkaban with no trial is just unjust, even for the yeah. English, even for the English kind of like system. It's it's unjust. Like, what the hell mm-hmm. are you doing, wizards? That doesn't oh, make any we are sense. Going to, we are going to have some talks about the justice system. <laughs> we really are. We absolutely are. Um, but, yes, yeah, Sirius Black mm. being falsely accused and imprisoned. 
hello, you have a Verita serum and you have magic. Like, just mm-hmm. cast a spell on him to tell the fucking truth and he'll tell you the fucking truth. Yep. Like, I never understood yep. that. Mm-hmm. Okay, we, we, we need to save this for <laughs> the, the, the episode that will be dedicated to all of this. <laughs> yes. But... Yes, yes. Reasonable rant that you just had. Yes, sorry. I like tangented. I tangented. I always tangent, but mm-hmm. anyway, back to what we were talking about, schools. Yes, yes. Uh, shall we take a jaunt over to the Americas? Oh, the American Wizarding Schools. All right. What have we got? We've got Ilvermory. Um, I, I have a lot. I think I, think I just want to touch on what I think is pronounced Castello Brujo, which would mean witch castle. If yes. um, my rough understanding of Portuguese uh-huh. works, yeah. Um, uh, hold on, which you're looking at the Portuguese school? Uh, it's it's the Brazilian school. Yeah, it's Castel O Bruxo. Castel O Bruxo. Okay, I'm I'm thinking of um, Spanish pronunciation rather than because um, I know that Brujo um, or, and Bruja is a Spanish for witch and wizard. Yeah, or no male witch. Um, yeah, Castella, yeah, on her, on the Pottermore website, uh, there is pronunciations and it's Castel O'Bushu, Castel O'Bushu. Okay. Okay. Cool. I mean, Brazil, um, like Brazilian and Spanish do have some variations. Yes, they do. They have some similar stuff and some very different stuff, similar to mm-hmm. Italian. It's all very connected. Yeah, I've got a friend who speaks Spanish and apparently there's like some words in Spanish that mean like really good, really great in Spanish, but if you say them in to like someone who speaks Portuguese, it means the exact opposite of what they are. <laughs> and she's like, it's very confusing, but also very funny. <laughs> I remember having a um friend who had moved uh here from Brazil and um she had said that um, the carpajero is very funny because it means wanker in um, Portuguese. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, she also um, uh, ruined one of my birthday parties by accident. Oh, God. Because um, it was a Halloween party because my birthday is Halloween, guys. Um and we were telling scary stories, and she misunderstood the spirit of the game. Oh, no. <laughs> and um, told some true and horrific stories of things that had happened to her family in Brazil, ah! including, including that her aunt was locked in a car and burnt to death, and one time her dad was mugged for his shoes. Oh, my God. That is... Mug, mugged at knife point for his shoes. <laughs> That is terrifying. My mum came in at the end of one of these stories and realised what was going on and turned the lights on and, like, everyone was very upset. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I have a friend who's from Colombia and some of the stories that she has to tell about where she grew up, I'm like, how did you survive? Yeah, and these are stories being told to us by an eight-year-old. So, like, this is... Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, we were we were eight. We were eight. Oh gosh, at least my <laughs> Colombian friend is like in her thirties. So yes. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, the Brazilian school um, apparently yes. has an imposing square edifice of golden rock. 
Um, so, like, think El Dorado? Yeah, and it's bewitched to appear as a ruin to muggles, so similar to Hogwarts, yeah, I guess. similar to Hogwarts. Mm. Um, so I don't have a lot to say about that, aside from that it leans into a couple of interesting stereotypes um, that really seem slightly more Mexican than anything else. Um, a but, little. I do yeah. like that they are hidden deep within the rainforest. That's really cool. Yes, that's nice. Um, and also that the headmistress Benita, Bendita Durando was once heard to laugh heartily on an exchange visit to Hogwarts when Master Armadillo Dippet complained of Peeves the Poltergeist. Her offer to send him some Kaipora for the Forbidden Forest to show you what trouble was really like was not accepted. <laughs> <laughs> they I, sound I, like fun. I just, um, I think you said armadillo dippet just, just then instead of armadillo dippet. <laughs> yeah, armando. Sorry, I did say armadillo dippet. I have been saying armadillo dippet since I was a kid. Okay, okay. I love it though and I'm going to call him that from now on. <laughs> yeah, I've been saying armadillo dippet since I was like 12 years old. So Excellent. I'm, not, I'm not about to change that now. Um, <laughs> uh, it's also that they do exchange programs for European students. So this was the school. This school is actually mentioned in the books. Yes, Bill Weasley had that pen pal. Yes. So we do know that she did have the idea for this school in – it's not an afterthought idea. JK is really good at having afterthought ideas. This was one of those things that it just made the world seem a bit bigger, which was nice. Yeah, yeah, and I I really appreciate that. I am not here for her ideas of, like, for example, the toilet system in Hogwarts Mm. that seem very Mm -hmm. much like, oh, God, um, they want to know this question and they want to have this question answered. I'm going to give them this. I I don't think anyone asked that question. (laughs) Yeah, nobody asked that question. The only thing I've ever heard fans ask about um the toilet system etc at Hogwarts is the fact that um modern sinks did not exist when um the chamber of secrets would have been built so um which I like the idea that that there was an heir of of Slytherin who was a plumber and like (laughs) they just modified the entrance when the time came See, going off that, I just I like that there has always been an heir of Slytherin. I all I like the theory that there has always been an heir of Slytherin. It's just been less and less of a thing because it makes mm. sense for someone to be that pure blooded for Salazar Slytherin to be like, right, this is the person I'm going to impart my knowledge onto, and then that person to go, right, this is the person I'm going to impart that knowledge onto, and then as the years progressed, the idea of speech as a way to convey history got less and less and less and less and it was just kind of lost to time Mm, because you can't write that shit down no you can't write that shit down because it could be in it could be in absolutely anyone's hands at that point in time Mm. so I really like that the idea (laughs) sorry can you I everybody on this podcast is going to hear the squeaky Everyone's just going – everyone, please just understand that there is a corgi and she is beautiful and there she is a corgi. toy. There is a corgi and I've also hurt my back so I can't actually get up to shut the doors <laughs> and my partner is trying very hard to keep her quiet downstairs and I do really oh. appreciate him for that. But every time she hears someone speaking, that's all she wants to do. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, the I really like the idea that the, I, the heir of Slytherin 
legend has been lost through the fact that we write our history down now. Um, and it's not a spoken word history, which is something that I, I studied a, a little bit of when I was at university and the whole like Aboriginal, uh, like Native Australian. The dream time and all yeah, of that. Yeah, the culture and the history of the Native Australia is primarily spoken through, is primarily shared through spoken word um, and how they keep that their culture alive by telling the stories of their ancestors and their ancestors, ancestors and stuff like that. So I really like the idea that the era of Slytherin died out because spoken word also died out. You've just, this is going to be another slight tangent. Um, so uh, I live on uh, the land of the Ghana people. Um, that's uh, most of Adelaide is, um, Ghana land. And the Ghana language actually died out for a brief time, but one guy taught himself um, out of stuff that had been written down how to speak Ghana again and no. um, then taught it to someone else. So there are two people alive who currently speak Ghana and hopefully they're going to teach it to more people. But, um, yeah, it's it's really sad that that's a language that's so endangered. Yeah, there's a lot of Indigenous Australian languages that are endangered. But, again, there's a lot of Indigenous American languages or uh, yeah. that are endangered and there's a lot of Indigenous um, y- European, like uh, I'm talking like Mongolia and places like that, mm. which isn't really Europe. It's uh, where am I thinking of that place is called? Mon- where are you thinking of? Uh, like I'm thinking of like Mongolia and like uh, the native cultures across that stretch yes i just forgot the word for asia (laughs) i am doing fantastic tonight i just i didn't want to say it because i thought you were going to be trying to think of a specific region i didn't want to just assume that you'd forgotten asia no i i forgot the word for asia i also want to preface this podcast with i am having some technical difficulties with my brain and it's being sorted out but i do forget words occasionally (laughs) Okay. Um, so I, I think it's time. To, Asia. I think it's time to talk about Ilvermorny. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Ilvermorny, shall we? <laughs> um, which also um, features some, you know, references to native cultures that are not very well thought out. But that's that's a whole other thing. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a pickle. That's for yeah. sure. Um, can we first just bring up the fact that it's a medieval fucking castle in in America? It is because it was uh, established by a direct descendant of Morrigan, the cool, famous Irish witch. Yes, yeah, that's that's a thing that they've. Mm. Is, it, is it Morrigan? Because Morrigan is a yes, um, Morrigan is actually a goddess. But yes. Uh, it says here, Isolt Sire was born in 1603 and spent her earliest childhood in the valley of Cumlocha in the county of Kerry in Ireland. She was the offspring of two pure-blood wizards. Her father, William Sire, was a direct descendant of the famous Irish witch Morrigan, an animagus mm-hmm. whose creature form was a crow. <sighs> There's problem number one. Uh, William nicknamed his daughter Morrigan for her affinity for all natural things when she was young. So she's taken, she's taken a goddess, turned her into a witch. All right. 
I mean, I'll, like I'll buy Christians. It. Christians took goddesses and turned them into saints. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can buy it. I'll I'll buy it. It's I do not- like that there was a huge portion of Ireland that were like, um, no, we love the goddess Bridget too much to become Christians. Like, guess what? There's a Saint Bridget. Um, yeah. And yeah. she's very similar to to, to your Bridget. Um, please, uh, please consider her. And they were like, hmm, okay, yeah, okay. And um, the Catholic school that I went to had a Saint Bridget square and it always made me laugh because I was the, that one pagan kid. <laughs> <laughs> and you know exactly who St. Bridget actually was. Yes. <laughs> so we've got a big old castle, which I'm sure how, – how do they disguise Ilvermorny? I'm about um, to find out, but the Gaunt family is involved. Okay, cool. Can't get um, enough of that Gaunt family. I know. The Gaunt family just is up and placing their seeds all over the wizarding world, aren't they? Yep, they're absolutely not a family that has died out from incest. No, not at all. Um, okay. Uh, Isolt was not allowed to take off her place at Hogwarts because Hogwarts is full of mudbloods. All right. So Ilvermory, potentially established by oh, racists. Cool. I mean, America, so. I mean, you know, oh, of, of, of the time, of the time, I guess, like, because, you know, the founders of um, racist America were, you know, various Europeans. So it's not just America's fault, but like, yeah. <laughs> right. So, okay. So her story is actually kind of, kind of tragic. Uh, the gaunt descendant, mm, the gaunt descendant kind of had this obsession about her. She fled the country uh, turned herself into, like, disguised herself as a boy and set upon the new world for the Mayflower. Right. Um, so she was a nomad, which I think is the stupidest name for a muggle. Like, come on, really? But also muggle would not work for Americans. <laughs> like, it just no. doesn't sound right. But they, there should have been something else that was... No, but I really do that. enjoy, I really do enjoy that everybody in Australia has just gotten on the fact that if, if this was real and Harry Potter was a thing, we the would mug. call them muggos. <laughs> it would be muggo. Muggo. Bloody muggo. Which does make it sound like more of a slur, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, look, it does. Um, muggo is, it, it reminds me of the lovely Australian word, yudrongo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's where that comes from. And you've got uh-huh. to say it with a really nasally Australian accent, like muggo. muggo. You <laughs> bloody muggo. Um, but, yeah, I think so. I mostly just want to talk about, like, what could have been with the idea of American schools, which one there would have to be a bunch of them, especially if we're talking about ones that have endured for, you know, the various hundreds of years since white people showed up in in America. Because, yes. like, there were pockets of different cultures that founded various um, settlements in America and, like, they're not going to just all go to the one school. They're going. No, to, they're no. going to have their own magical culture. They're going to have their own way that they want to do things, and they're not going to want to integrate. Like that's just the basic um, fact of that, really. 
Yeah. Like, and I mean, we didn't talk about the idea of um, like alternative mm. schools that should be in Europe, but like, I can imagine like German settlers in America having like a really specific magical culture that they would mm. want to impart on their children that would be different to the Irish culture, that would be different to the Dutch culture, mm-hmm. like, and different to the English culture. So it, it's, I, I like the yeah. idea of there being several schools with like a couple hundred to a thousand kids at this point in them. And they have a like strong interschool um, rivalry slash cooperation. Much yep. like, you know, I mean, we're not Americans. I've spent some time in an American school. I, like, I spent a week in one. Mm. Um, but we've also been brought up on stuff about America <laughs> because, you know, America produces so much TV and movies. Like, we, we get the vague idea of what an American school is like. Yeah. And, like, football culture translated into the Wizarding World, for example. Yes, it would absolutely be like the biggest thing you would ever see. Like, yeah, interschool Quidditch um, tournaments and rivalries, that sort of thing. That would be a huge part of American wizard culture. Yeah, absolutely. Or like um, whatever sport that they um, like derived from Quidditch, maybe because you know they've got to do their own thing. M- much like you know, American football is adapted out of rugby. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I I think I feel like it would be kind of like their collegiate system, like their uh, like oh, what are they called? Like Brown and Princeton and the Ivy, oh, the League? Ivy Leagues. I yes. feel like their wizarding schools would be like their Ivy Leagues, where they would have a smattering on the east coast and a smattering on the west coast, and maybe like one or two in the middle. I know there's no mm. Ivy Leagues in the middle of the country, but I feel like that would be how American wizarding, wizarding schools would actually be. Ilvermore is great. It's it's one of them, but mm. there has to be more. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, Ilvermore is in um, Massachusetts, isn't it? Yes, uh, Western, Western, Western Massachusetts. I believe so. Yes. Yeah, I believe um, so. Like I imagine there would have to be something going on in Chicago and like Honestly, the coolest wizarding school would definitely be, like, in that sort of New Orleans vein. <laughs> oh, man. Could like, you like imagine? The, the, the Creole influence, the Cajun influence, that would be fantastic. Man, could you, could you imagine the, like, Vo- Vodun school of magic? Mm. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. would be so cool. That would be so cool. Yeah. And, I mean, I feel like Massachusetts was chosen because of, like, you know, Salem. Yeah, look, it is one of the strongest connections to magical history. And as a writer myself, I have character characters that are from Massachusetts because of the magical history of Massachusetts. But the South has heaps of magical yeah, history as well. Mm. New Orleans is, well, it was the home to one of the great, witch queens uh Mm, marie mm -hmm. laveau yes um so like you've got different types of magic across america which is something that i absolutely adore especially with like writing and researching is that you do have that european influenced magic but you then also have the african creole 
Caribbean magic, which is something mm. completely different. And if you're moving like south as well, there'd be like the blend of South American and um, European influence as well. Yeah, like um, like the, like that would be the school in California or or in Florida. Like, yeah, well, I I feel but, like the school in California and Florida and Arizona even would have a little bit more to do with like the Native American magic. Mm. Uh, if you can call it that, like the Native American beliefs in like the land and the um, wolves and animal the, versus human relationships, that sort of thing. I feel like they don't need to hide the Florida school. They just put it in the Everglades and everyone just stayed the fuck away. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, it's like you could you could try to approach, but there's alligators, so um, you know, move along. <laughs> Better not. Better not. Better not. Uh, but yeah, no, I I think the start with Ilvermorny is really cool because it's introduced us to American magic culture in a way that we already know, being that European magic, which is what mm. Hogwarts is, obviously. But I feel like if she really wants to gain attention, if she really wants to gain my attention again, bringing in influences from other cultures would be great. But then again, J.K. Rowling's not very good at bringing in influences of other culture and doing it right. Yes. So um, I, I don't trust her with these influences. I just want to speculate on what would exist. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But that's I guess that's what uh, – I guess that is what that thing – fan fiction. Fucking hell. Sorry. I guess that's what fan fiction's for. Um, it allows us to expand on the universe in a way that is safe and uh, not horrible for everybody. Yeah, and I hope that we haven't said anything that's, like, off-putting to people. Um, Call us out. Know, it's the only way we can grow. Yeah, like, let us know if we said something particularly wrong here because, like, I mean, we we do try to – learn as much as we can but we are also separated from like America by quite a distance like it's it's really a whole day of travel to get to America by plane from Australia yeah um, it's not the thing with we are an Americanized sort of culture Australia is an Americanized sort of culture but we're Americanized in a way of Hollywood yes we, are, we, know, we were Americanized by white people so. Yeah, the things we know about America, uh, the things that we grew up with about America are Hollywood, Saved by the Bell, mm-hmm. The French Prince of Bel-Air, the Hollywood movies, Mean Girls was a big one. Uh, mm-hmm. Even as far back as the, like I remember watching the 80s movies like Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles and The Breakfast Club as a kid and being like, oh, my God, American schools are so fucking great. And then reading the news about how not great they are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if we've said anything, call us out. It's the only way we can grow. And I do quite enjoy being called out on things mm. um, because I do um, like to grow myself as a person. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, what do you think the Australian sco- school system would be like for the Look, Wizards? Australia is a very big place. It is. I feel we like- need several schools. Like we don't have much of a population though. We don't have a lot of a population, but we have such a varying 
difference in culture across the board. Your North mm. Queensland culture is completely different to your Sydney culture, which is completely different to your Western Australia culture, which is completely different to your Central Australia culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if we were going to think about it in the grand scheme of things, you would probably have a school up north somewhere between the peak of Queensland and, say, like the Northern Territory. It would be somewhere in that region. Yeah. You'd have something on the east coast, and I'm thinking Newcastle because it's a good distance between your major cities of Brisbane, the Gold Coast, Sydney, and Melbourne. Newcastle's like pic- middle. It's quite picturesque. Newcastle's beautiful if you mm. ever get there. It's beautiful. Um, and it's also a seaside town. So, yes. You know, but, um, no one would, much like um, we had to start an entirely new city um, to be our nation's capital because Sydney and Melbourne would not stop bitch slapping each other. Um, yeah. Like neither Sydney nor Melbourne could host a school. <laughs> no, 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 no. So it would have to be, it would have to be in Newcastle. But if it didn't, if it couldn't be in New South Wales, it would have to be in like the Tweed Head area of Queensland, which is right on the border of Queensland and New South Wales. Beautiful beaches, cool and gadda, amazing. I'm a Gold Coaster myself. Um, and then you would probably have one in, you know, the middle of Australia. And then you probably have one in like the bottom area of Western Australia to capture like Adelaide, South Australia, Perth and everything. The Central Australia one would have to be underground. Yeah, but there's also not a huge population in the middle of this country. So I think that a lot of the as cool as the location would be either or I mean the South Australians could go to like a Cooper Pedy kind of location. Like you just jump in counter you have to jump in a particular hole. <laughs> counter offer. Mm-hmm. Counter offer. There's only one Australian school. It is massive and it is all underground in the middle of Australia. That is an option. Like everyone, like just go up to Coobapedi, which, you know, I'll, I'll be in favour of because it is in my beloved state of South Australia. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you don't know what Coobapedi is, look it up. It it's, is it's fascinating. It's a Swiss cheese. It's a Swiss cheese of a, of a town. Um, it was too just, hot to live above the surface of the earth, so they decided to live underneath it. And there's like mines out there that are just like, you know, they've drilled holes, they've got them what they want, and then they've drilled another hole. Mm. Um, we had this school trip up there uh, with a choir when I was when I was in high school, and um, like it was just this whole thing where it's like everyone go, like no one's allowed to go anywhere in groups of less than three. Mm. Um, and if you are killed and put in a hole, we will never find you. So. <laughs> yeah. um, that that was that was the warning that they gave to us fifteen year olds. Uh, <laughs> it's true though. Australia yeah, is a scary place. I mean, it's just um, the issue with Central Australia is that there's it's not well resourced. Like it's got like the natural resources that we are, you know, um, pulling out of our country at an alarming rate, but it's not. Next to a coast, obviously, mm. it's, it's right in the middle. Everything, everything that gets a lot of um, money put into it is on a coastline. It's and true. It really is true. So there's like pros and cons to having it in the middle of your country. Mm. 
But at the same time, this is a world that has, um, you know, flu powder and apparition and all of this stuff. So, like, they're still not far from home. It's true. I would also I, – I mean, Australian culture is like everything from the Steve Irwin to the Kelly Slater surfer. I know Kelly Slater is American, but I couldn't think of an Australian surfer off the top of my head. I don't know surfers either. Does this make us bad Australians? <laughs> we are really bad Australians. I'm a terrible Australian. But um, – I we would have to have like the Steve Irwin type of school and the surfing type of school and I feel like we would have a completely different type of mermaid in our area of the world than England oh <laughs> uh, yeah because I was very disappointed to find out that the mermaids in Harry Potter were these creatures of like the Black Lagoon <laughs> and not like these beautiful sirens that would kill someone with their song mm. Yeah, it was a choice. <laughs> They're definitely not like the um, stained glass mermaid that um, is in the prefect's bathroom. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. they're not. They're, yeah. But, yeah, as of 2017, the Australian population was calculated at 24.6 million. So we don't have a lot of people. We have – there are oh less God, people in Australia small. than there are in, like, the state of California. And, you know, we are this, our landmass is roughly the same size as the United States of America. We have a very small population because a lot of our country is uninhabitable. So we have a lot of options for places that muggles would not be stumbling upon. Our sports, our school sports culture is different to America, but there is a level on which, like, you know, sports are important in Australian schools. Yeah, but they're not. They're not on the same – as a Queenslander, not on the same level as an no, American no. school. No, absolutely not. Like um, the idea of like the entire town showing up to watch a high school football game is absurd in Australia. Like I know it's a mm-hmm. – like they do it in America. I know that's like a thing like – but if you play a sport um, for your school in Australia, your mum and your dad show up and they if might – they might force your brothers and sisters to go. But, you know, they, they probably won't. Um, Maybe. <laughs> that, that's, pretty, that's pretty much the extent of it. Um, but at the same time, there's, like, still that, um, you know, there'll be schools that are very proud of their sports. I didn't go to a sports school. I went to a music school. Um mm. But, for example, like, my friend went to a school, the school that produced Leighton Hewitt. So, like, they were huge about their sports <laughs> there. And, um, like, you know, that was a big deal for them. Um, like, they just produced a whole bunch of sports people. Like, the, one, the most relevant one, unfortunately, I could think of was Leighton Hewitt, who is, like, a retired tennis player. But... <laughs> Oh, yeah, um, he did exist, didn't he? Yes. Um, I think he actually had to stop playing because he got, like, adult chicken pox and, like, nearly died. So, you know, that that's that's cool. Um, get vaccinated, like people. <laughs> I think he was also a bit of a douche. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. 
<laughs> I don't actually remember. I don't really pay much attention to sports. I'd really like to pay attention to sports, but I don't. Mm. But, yeah, there's like the sports is important to the kids, not so much like the wider culture, but like not like – there wouldn't they wouldn't be able to have an inter-school sort of situation. It would be more like Hogwarts if we were only having the one school. Like so, um, houses we do have houses as a thing, which is another thing about Ilvermorny that um, was questionable. Is like American schools don't have houses. They thought that like most mm. Americans think that houses were made up for Hogwarts. No, they're a very English school thing, which Australia has adopted. Yes. Um, mm. Did, you, did your schools have houses? Absolutely. But, yeah, the house system is not just a Harry Potter thing. No. The house system is very much a school system of most countries in the UK and Australia. Yes. Um, um, it's, I wonder if Canada has that since they're more tied with England than they are with America when you get right down to it. That's a good question. I wonder. We'll have to do some if, research. If by this point we have Canadian listeners, you could tell us this. <laughs> Please tell us because I'm now actually quite interested. I've never actually thought about schooling in Canada. We're going to regret asking people for information when, like, people, like, in months from now are, are letting us know. <laughs> if you are listening to this, this week and you can't see yeah. anything on our Twitter that um, says that we have been informed, let us know. Otherwise, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. But I think sort of to start winding this podcast up because this one got very out of hand, um, uh, there are a lot more yes. schools than I think she's given us and – I I mm. like the schools that she has given us. Some of them are very interesting. Some of them are a little um, problematic. Uh, but all in all. What's a school, I think th- as part of wrapping this up, what's a school that you think you like of a particular place or a particular um, like method of thinking? What's a school that you would like to know about? That I like to go, like, whether it be existing or not? One that we haven't been given. Like, I'm thinking it would be interesting to see how, say, Indian Ayurveda interacts with um, magic. Mm. So, like, I'd want to know what goes on at Indian schools. Yeah, I would really like to know what goes on in Chinese schools because magic is such a deep part Mm. of the mythology of China. Um, I would really like to know how like a Chinese school works Um, because, yeah, magic, so-called magic and Chinese mythology is very integrated. And there's a level on which I think German school as well. (laughs) Yeah, German Mm. would be quite interesting. Australian obvious for obvious reasons because that would be the one that I would be going to. As much as I would like to think that, um, like, an Australian school would be able to respectfully integrate some of, like, our native people's um, ideas into the situation, I doubt it. Um, That would be very nice. I think that there would be 
like probably a movement towards um, like Aboriginals learning um, the old magic sort of thing that I'm sure that, you know, if, if all mm. cultures have wizards, then they would have wizards. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it is a topic that is quite interesting and there have been some fantastic fan fictions that have had exchange students go to Hogwarts from those schools and things like that. One day I may even set up a list every time I mention these fan fictions because I've read a lot of fan fiction of Harry Potter. I've written a lot of it as well. Um, one day I'll start a list of if you like this, then you'll like this. Uh, but that is also time and effort that I may or may not have, so don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like this is the best thing about fan fiction yeah, is exactly. that you can write your own. Go and create a school. Go and create a wizarding school, add it into the, the universe because, honestly, you can't really add anything in that is going to be worse than anything J.K. Rowling can add in. <laughs> Unless you're, you know, also um, co-opting some Native American stuff that you don't fully understand. Yeah. 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 Let's oh, – for God's sake, I don't like Elva Morty, I, but I don't like the Fantastic Beasts franchise. So that's going to be interesting when we start talking about things like that and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I haven't seen those movies. I I just want it to be about a nice young man um, going to find – animals and stuff and then like you know I just like the idea because we do know that um Newt like lives into Harry's lifetime so I just like to think of him coming over to Hagrid's hut like on a weekly basis to have tea and talk about dragons Mm. and shit. I would really like in the first book for Hagrid to get help from Newt when he adopts the dragon. Like I would really like that. That would be really funny. Just think Charlie Weasley Hagrid and Newt Scamander sitting down having tea and like scones that either Charlie or Newt brought with them because they've already learned that they're going to break their teeth on Hagrid's rock cakes. (laughs) Just sitting down and having just lovely little chats. And I think that's the positive note (laughs) that we should leave this on. (laughs) Absolutely. So if you... Like listening to our podcast, please, you know, comment, uh, tell us yep. what you like about it, upvote us, whatever it is that these podcast formats do. Um, you can find me at Twitter, which I barely use, but I might start to use it, which is at Ray as a writer. And I am on Twitter as at Raven.com, which is the um, X-Men character Mystique but with her surname misspelled so it says dork instead of dark. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Excellent. Uh, Yeah, so let us know. Drop us a line. We love to chat to people. So thank you for listening. Mischief Managed. Yeah, Mischief Managed. Potter Nonsense is a production of Bronze Pig Media and is recorded in Queensland and South Australia. If you liked the show... Please rate, review and subscribe so that others can find us. You can contact us on Twitter at BronzePigMedia or by email at BronzePigMedia at gmail.com. Yes, we have a lot of places to hide. Oh, you're making a hum.
Oh, it's gone I don't now. know what I just. I don't know what I just did. Hold on, hmm. give me like two seconds. Why am I okay? I'm good. Yep, yep, you're good now. Yeah, I figured out what the hum was, and it was I was touching my other computer that is currently plugged in. <laughs> you 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 were conducting. <laughs> I was I was conducting. Better not do that again. I think I need to get rid of that charger. <laughs> I think that might Whoops. be a good idea. <laughs> Holy shit! Ah, this is why I have memory issues, kids. <laughs> All right, back to what we were saying. Bronze Pig Media. Boy.